Thanks for tuning in to the What's the Wi-Fi Password, a podcast for our Jesus Famous Youth Ministry. Today, we have a message from our 2022 middle school summer camp about trusting in the Lord. Enjoy. All right. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. There we go. There you are. Good evening. Good evening. Yes. Great to uh, be up here. My name is Casey Kendall, and um, I have the privilege of uh, speaking with you guys every night the rest of this week and Sunday morning. Yeah. So I just want to introduce myself to you a little bit. Uh, I live in the Los Angeles area. Uh, my wife and I are here. My wife's all the way in the back by the table. Um, if you want to say hi, if you want to play basketball this week, if you want to um, get beaten wiffle ball this week, um, yes, we're in. We're in, all right? Amen? Amen. All right, we're in. Um, we're here. Uh, we have been married for 25 years. And yes. Yeah, I have eight children of my own. Eight children, yep, eight kids of my own. I want to introduce them to you if I can. Uh, this is my daughter, Emma. Uh, she's 20 years old. Uh, that's my daughter, Emma. She's number two in the Kindle house. Next slide, if you would. That's my son, Carter. He's uh, turning 15 here in July. And uh, loves, that's Caden. He loves to surf. Uh, anyone love to surf here? He's uh, 18 years old. And uh, next slide. This is Hudson May. Um, she's the last of our tribe. She's seven years old. And um, this is Evan. Evan. <laughs> Evan is, is 17, just graduated. Um, and uh, he'll be, uh, yeah, he's trying to, uh, uh, can you go back to Evan? He's, uh, he's, he's actually trying to uh, write songs and music. One day uh, he wants to be on the I guess the big stage, so. Yeah, next slide. Let's go on. Uh, this is Tyler. He's our oldest. He's 22 years old. And uh, we have one more, hopefully one more. Uh, two, oh, that's Claire. Claire is our 10-year-old daughter. And there's my wife, my beautiful wife. And then lastly, if, it's, if it came through, I don't know if it did or not. It didn't. Okay, thank you so much. I have an adopted daughter. That's sad. Um, I didn't. The email didn't go through. <laughs> she would feel horrible if she knew that that happened. <laughs> would you feel bad? Your dad's preaching and, and uh, your slide didn't come through. Um, she's uh, just turned 18 years old. Uh, she's a Navajo Indian little girl. And, um, and she was in our house for seven years. And uh, she was taken out of our house after being in our house for seven years. Um, because we were white, the tribe leader said, and she was Navajo Indian. And um, so very painful process. And so uh, the reason why I share that little bit of that story with you is that, is that this whole camp is on trusting the Lord. And that's exactly what we had to do in that process. And uh, your theme verse running through this whole, whole week is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And uh, that's your, your theme verse. So if you could just look at your neighbor tonight and say, trust in him. Trust in him. Trust in him. 
In, uh, in your Bibles, come on back everybody, come on back. In your Bibles, uh, right before those verses, um, it talks about in your journal or your notebooks there, to allow steadfast love and faithfulness to be around your neck and to guide you. And uh, I want to talk to you about tonight, uh, in our first session together, if you'd open your Bibles to John chapter 3, it's a verse that's very familiar to all of you, and uh, something that you have uh, possibly memorized, something that you possibly have heard, something that you have possibly have seen uh, in a stadium. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight about John chapter 3, verse 16, because I really uh, believe in this place tonight that you really can't trust in the Lord without knowing the love of the Lord. I really believe that tonight, that you cannot trust in the Lord if you don't know the love of the Lord. So if you write anything in your journals, that's something that you can write down. You cannot trust in the Lord without first knowing the love of the Lord. In your Bibles, in John chapter 3, in verse 16, uh, the Bible shares these words, Jesus speaking, to a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a very religious man. He was doing all the right things, but he didn't have relationship in the right things, and thus he was doing the wrong thing. And so all that he thought he was doing, Jesus looks at him when Nicodemus asks him this question. Nicodemus said, what must a man do to get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus speaks these words that he must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand. So then Jesus goes on to clarify with him. And then in John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible records these verses for us. The Bible says in, in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. If you would join me in a word of prayer. Father, thank You for this group of young men and young women. And we know that today or tonight that we are not here by an accident, but by Your appointment, Lord. You are planting seeds in our hearts that are going to be covered by Your grace and watered by Your love that are going to give root and grow even tonight, Lord. And so I want to ask and pray for every junior hire, every high school leader, even every adult leader, that our eyes would be awestruck by the beauty of Jesus. That our heart would be aligned with the will of Jesus. That our ear would be attentive to the voice of Jesus. Lord, we know, as you've said in the book of Revelation, that your spirit is speaking. So let him who has ears to hear, listen. And so, God, I pray, take away anything that would distract us tonight from knowing your love and learning how to trust. And I ask that you would do this in our lives. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I imagine you found yourself there just today, just tonight, as you were eating the noodles and the spaghetti sauce with the green beans. Guys, your face turned to see her face. 
Girls, your eye had caught a glimpse of his eye in the dining hall. And it was like a hand grenade went off in the whipped cream factory. It exploded within you as you thought to yourself, I'm in love. (laughs) And as you began to feel this emotion, everything at camp began to go into slow motion. And the gentle breeze at camp began to blow your hair backwards. As you began to approach him or you began to approach her, a hint to the violin was playing in the background. And girls, you went up to him and you said, is your father in the army? Because baby, you're the bomb. Guys, you, 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 looked at, you looked at that girl and, and, and you looked in her eyes and you said, is your father a thief? Because he stole the stars and he put them in your eyes. And, and, and you, you walked off, you walked off just this evening, you walked out of that place singing this song. Unbelievable sights, indescribable feelings, soaring, freewheeling on an inland diamond sky. A whole new Hold your breath, it gets better. And as you went through that time, all of a sudden you thought to yourself, I'm in love. Wait, 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 wait. Come back here. Just wait for a moment. Wait many minutes. Wait hours. Wait some days. Wait some months. Wait some years. Some of you have come to camp and maybe you're not even looking for God tonight. You're actually looking for that guy or that girl that might be at camp that God might bring you. But I want you just to wait for a minute. Because I really believe some of us, when it comes in regards to relationships, that some of us are settling for the sandbox when God wants to give us the whole beach. And I often believe that in our lives that we are unwilling to trust in the Lord because we've not first experienced the great love of the Lord. And many times we're trying to find that in so many different people that are surrounding us. So many guys and girls in another relationship, in another friendship. And and what God is telling you tonight is that I love you no matter where you've been, what you've said, or what you've done with your life. No matter how dark your sin or deep your sin. I love you no matter what. And I want to ask you and bring you into a spot today that you would be willing tonight to wait and find Jesus in the midst of this love that you might learn how to trust in him more now this word wait means to trust in if you're taking note the word wait there uh, it's often mentioned in scripture means to look towards something with expectation The, the word wait there means that we are patient in what God has placed us but why so often are we in a place where we want it ASAP 
Why are we so often in a place where we have a cow that when we don't get it now? Well, why are we so often in a place when it comes to this type of love that we are so unwilling to wait? I believe that we think that we can find satisfaction in another person outside of the person of God rather than finding satisfaction first in God and then in another person. And what happens in our lives is this, is what the Bible tells us to do is we're unwilling to wait because we fail to heed his word. The Bible tells us these words, if you're taking note, in Psalm 27, verse 14. The Bible tells us to wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, the Bible says. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In Psalm 62, verse 5, if you take note as a middle schooler, the Bible says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Wait, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. If you take note, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Notice the Bible tells us to wait. Literally to trust in the Lord. And I cannot trust in the Lord unless I know the love of the Lord. But why are so many of you tonight unwilling to do that? I believe it's two things right now. I believe it's pleasure. I believe it's the pleasure of sin, the feeding, fleeting pleasure of sin. The reason why we're so unwilling to wait is because we think that we can bring satisfaction in our lives through sinful things that, that, that are the pressures of our friends, the Snapchats, the TikToks, the, the messaging system, the images, all of these things. We think that they can bring some type of satisfaction. But I also believe it's not just uh, the, the pressure but, or the pleasure, but it's the pressure. You're seeing everyone else doing it around you. And in the midst of a world that's not trusting in the Lord, it is awkward for you as a person to trust in the Lord. But here's what I want to submit to you. Here's what I want to submit to you tonight, and that is this. Trusting in the Lord means that I'm willing to give God my whole heart, not just my broken heart. And I want you to know why we can do that. Why we can really trust in the Lord tonight. And this is why. This is why. It's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. And it's what Jesus says to you tonight. And that is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever will believe, trust in the Lord. Believe in him. Will not perish but have. Can you just write this down somewhere in your journal or in your notebook? We have the source of love. The reason why you can trust in the Lord is because you have the source of all love. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says these words. The Bible says, for God, for God, for God so loved. And, and now, now notice if you, if you like to take notes as a middle schooler. The name of God in the Greek language that Jesus used is a word called theos. T-H-E-O-S. Theos. It means the one who has absolute authority, the one who has supreme strength, and the one who has the sovereignty over all. Now, now notice this. For God, notice this, 
This deity that you might think is distant, this distant deity is intimate with humanity. The Bible says, for God so loved. Now, now you might have heard before that God loves you. But here's what I want you to get. God so... He so loves you. He so loves you. I mean, this is the... For God so loved the world. Now, Now, when it comes to the world love, the word love. We use the word love for so many different things in our lives. We'll, we'll often use the word love for, for the best camp food that was served tonight ever that I've ever had. I, I, I love spaghetti, all right? I, I love pizza, all right? But, but then, but then you're, you're, you're getting homesick. And as you're getting homesick, you're missing your, your dog or you're missing your cat and you finally go home and, and your dog runs up to you and, and you just look at your dog and you're just, I love you. And you're petting your dog or you're petting your cat. But then at the same time, you go to your mom who's there with you and, and you look at your mom. So you love spaghetti, you love your dog, and then you love, you love your mom. Now, we know that there's different degrees of love that you would use that term, but the word love is oftentimes a used and abused a term in our English vocabulary. Uh, when, when it comes to this source of love, notice this, the world does not dictate nor direct to you what true love is. God is the one who dictates and directs to you what true love is. Now, now understand that in our time, uh, this world says a lot about love. I, I used to listen to a song by a, a lady by the name of Tina Turner. And she used to sing this song. It, it went something like this. What's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? And everyone's singing that. They're like, yeah, yeah, the world is just singing about love. I remember watching Free Willy back in the day and, and just thinking to myself, Michael Jackson came on. And, and, you know, Michael Jackson was always like spinning around or twisting his leg or dancing or something. But, 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 but he just... He just came on and, and, and he started singing and we're, everyone's like, oh, that, that's love. That, that's love. No, 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 no. That, that's not love. You might have your favorite love song, but the world is singing to you about love right now. Did you know the world is uh, telling you uh, what love is really all about? Listen, I, I was listening to some scholars about love and this is what they said about love. Listen, Bart, he's age nine. He writes this. He's a scholar. He said, love is like an avalanche where you have to run for your life. <laughs> Manuel, he's age eight. No, notice what he said. He said, love, I think you're supposed to get shot with an arrow or something, but the rest isn't too painful. Uh, the scholar David, man, he put it all, all out there. He's eight years old. Listen to this. He said, love will find you, even if you're trying to hide from it. I've been trying to hide from it since I've been five years old, but the girls keep on finding me. The world is singing to you about love. The world's singing about love. The world's telling you what love is. 
Do you know the world is searching for love? This world right now is searching for true love. I was reading about Paul. He was in a relationship with a girl, and he wrote this poem about his love story. He said, Paul's girl is rich and haughty. My girl is poor as clay. Paul's girl is young and pretty, but my girl looks like a bell of hay. Paul's girl is smart and clever. My girl is dumb but good. But would I trade my girl for Paul's? You bet your life I would. The, the, the world is singing about love. They're telling you what love is. And then the world is searching for this type of love. It, it would be um, a miss for me not to think that some of you try to enter into some type of relationship. Some of you that you've left with a broken heart. Some of you have tried to get into relationships that your parents don't even know about. Some of you are trying to get into, listen, come here, come here. Some of you are trying to get into relationships that you know that aren't good for you. Some of you are sending messages that you should not send. You know, the Bible says this, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. But I really believe tonight, out of the texting of your thumbs, your heart speaks. And some of you right now are looking for a love that only God himself will heal and fulfill in you. And I want you to hear this because some of you right now, you are running to so many different things to find this type of love. Do you know the love that God said he has for you? It wasn't the word eros in the Greek which spoke of an erotic, sensual love. It wasn't the word phileo which spoke of a brotherly and common love. It wasn't the word storge, which spoke of a family love in the Greek. The love that God has for you is an unconditional love. No strings attached to it. A love that says to you that I'll love you no matter who you are. I love you no matter where you've been. I love you not on basis of what you can do for me, but what I've already done for you. The Bible says, for God so love the world. Now, here's what I want to submit to you uh, today, is that this agape love that God has for you is not a passing emotion. It's a continual devotion to you. And if you're going to learn to trust in the Lord, you have to first know the love of the Lord for you. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. That he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. Listen, girls, can I just speak to you for a moment, young ladies? Can, can I just speak to you just for a moment? Young ladies, just, just directly to you. Hear my heart as a dad and also as a pastor. There is no guy, no matter how handsome he looks, no matter how great he smells. There is no guy that can fully fill every part of your heart. Guys, can I speak to you for a moment? I know some of you guys, you think, that, you think that if you could just find her, girls, if you could just find him, if you could just find them, guys, no matter how pretty she might be, 
or gorgeous you think she is, or how sweet she might smell to you. There is no, listen, listen. Come here, I, I just have a few more minutes with you. Come here, come here. That girl will not fulfill every area of your life in your heart. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. All right? You focus on you and let God take care of the rest. Amen. One, one young girl agrees with that as saying amen. I wonder how many of you in this place would stop beating around the bush to find the right person and just focus on you being the right person between you and the Lord. Here's what I want to tell you. There is no remorse when you go to the source. When you find yourself going to the source of all love, which is Jesus. Now understand, you might go, well, come on, Pastor Casey, you're against relationships, are you? No, no, I'm not against relationships. I'm against relationships that aren't in the will of God and according to the word of God. I met my wife when I was 10 years old and my wife was 8 years old. We met at Calvary Chapel of San Bernardino. Yep, I remember the same blue sweater that she was, the bright blue sweater that she was wearing. She, there used to be a shoe called L.A. Gear. If you're old enough, you'll remember what I'm saying. She wore L.A. Gears and she wore dark Levi jeans. I, I remember her. I met her when, I'm not against, I met my wife in youth group, all right? But here's what I'm telling you to do. I wasted time instead of invested time trying to think that I could find the right person without allowing God to make me the right person first. And here's what I want to tell you a lot of times in relationships, especially in our American culture, starting from the ages of 12, moving forward, many times younger, we're on the hunt for this Maybe girls, this holy hunk of a man, or this guy's this biblical babe, and, and you want to find someone in your life. Here's, here's what I want to tell you. Here's, come here, come here. Here's what I want to tell you today. Here's what I want to tell you today. Here's what I want to tell you today. The creation cannot satisfy what the creator has already given to you, and that is his love. His love. And so, listen, young ladies, if there's a guy texting you right now and bringing you away from Jesus, or vice versa, guys, if there's a girl doing that, can you just text them back and just say, bippity-bop, you just got dropped? All right, let, let's move forward in this. Let, 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 let's, let, let's move forward in this. And let's, let's, realize, let's realize that Jesus is enough, all right? Let, let's realize, let's realize this, let's realize this, that Jesus is enough, all right? He's the source, God is the source of all love for you. It's agape, it's unconditional, it's given already to you. But not only that, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's a course of love. There's a course of love that we're called to follow. Now listen to what the Bible says, for God so loved the world, notice this, that he gave. The word gave there means that God gave you something without expecting anything in return. What did God give you? God gave you and I Jesus. And because we have Jesus, notice this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, his only begotten son. There weren't many of them. There was only one. And God said to you, you're worth it. You're worth it. 
You're worth it. I'm going to give you Jesus. I'm going to give you Jesus, and I'm going to show you what love is really all about. So when you're looking at the, the silver screen of Hollywood and you're seeing these flickering images of romance and the world is saying, that's love. What, what God is calling you back to is God is calling you back to that he gave you Jesus and Jesus died on the cross for your sin and for my sin that we might have life. When the world is telling you what love is. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word was already spoken of love towards you and that Word is Jesus Himself. When the world is whispering all of these cultural demands your way. Listen, please, listen to this. He already is pointing us to Jesus. Notice the way of true love is always the way of sacrifice. Because Jesus has paved the way. And now the Bible says, because Jesus died on the cross for me, now because Jesus paved the way, I walk in his way. Now listen, when the angels and the creatures saw God in Isaiah, they didn't cry out, grace, grace, grace. They cried out, holy, holy, holy. Now understand this, because without holiness there will be no grace. And so God brings me to a place where I realize the sacrifice of Jesus paved a way for me to walk. And the way that God has called me to walk is in the sacrifice that Jesus has already made for me. And because Jesus sacrificed himself for me, because he gave me his grace, now my desire is to live holy for him. That means that I am not going to allow the culture to dictate the commands of God. That means that I will not allow the world to come into a place where the culture will lead me to a place of sacrifice. This will be a spot where I know the love of God in the way he's called me to live is in holiness towards him. In living in holiness towards him, I understand the way that God has called me to do, the Bible says, and this is the will of God, your sanctification that you keep yourself pure before him that is the way of the lord the course of love is that i would now walk in holiness but you might say casey holiness is hard listen i'm not submitting to you oftentimes that walking in the commands of god and against the culture that we live in might be an easy task but listen it's possible because of the power of God's Spirit living within you. And so God submits to us this, this word of trusting in Him and following after Him. And what I can do now is understand, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave me the course of love. And the course of love is I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing right now to surrender. I'm no longer going to live my life just about me. My life is going to be about Jesus. Do you know Josh was talking about how his life was changed at this retreat center? Do you know Pastor Chuck Smith talks about in his life, his life was changed at a retreat. And I believe when Chuck Smith heard those words from that pastor, that only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. I believe there are men and women in this generation that are going to shake the gates of hell. 
I believe that you are that generation that's going to stand in such a way and surrender and say, all of you, Jesus, we want all of you. I believe God's Spirit is in this place. I believe that God's Spirit is moving. I believe, and as you were praising the Lord, as the Bible says, that God's presence inhabits the praises of His people. God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And I believe that God wants to do a work in our hearts and in our lives tonight. And it's a work of surrender. It's a work of sacrifice where we're going to be willing to give not just part of our heart to Jesus, but all of our heart to Jesus. And I believe that when you surrender, I believe that when you're willing to sacrifice, we learn how to stand. We learn how to stand and trust in the Lord. We learn how to stand in such a way where you might never model in New York. You might never model in L.A. or Paris. You might never model in these countries, but you always model the person of Jesus Christ no matter where you are at. And when you take a stand and say, I will not capitulate to the world system. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. That stand is an act of trust, and that act of trust is because you've received the love. So here's what I want to give you. There's the source of love, there's the course of love, and there's a force of love tonight. The force of love is this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, believes in him, believes in him. Do you know what the word believe means? Trust. Trust in the Lord. The Bible, Jesus put it, whoever believes in him. Solomon put it, whoever trusts in the Lord. Whoever trusts in the Lord will not perish, but have everlasting life. There's a real heaven. There is a real hell. And I believe, thank you, sister, that I, I believe that in this place, listen, I believe that in this place there's a narrow road and there's a wide road. But I believe there's a force of love calling you to draw the line of love and make a decision tonight to follow after Christ. I believe that it's a, it's a place where the Spirit of God might be, be bringing conviction upon your heart. I, I believe that the force of love brings me to a place of not only conviction, but also a place of comfort. Because when I'm convicted of sin and I come to Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, I receive the comfort of God like none other. And so God gives to me His source, the course, and the force of love. Notice what John chapter 3, verse 17 says, that God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. How would I ever trust in him, if I'm not first saved by him. Do you see what God is bringing us to is not a religious action over and over again, but a divine relationship out of love that will trust him no matter what is happening around you. Can, can you trust him tonight? Can, 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 can you trust in him? Do, do you know... Um, in the year 2007, I got bit by a tick, and it sent me to the hospital, and I fought for my health for a whole year. I ended up, the doctors diagnosed me with Lyme's disease that they said I would live with for the rest of my life. And I live in severe pain every single day. Every single day from this Lyme's disease, because it took them a year to find, I live in pain. Can, can, I, can I trust in the Lord? Can I, can I trust in the Lord? Can, can, I, can I trust in the Lord when... Can I, 
Come here, come here. Can, can I trust in the Lord when, when? Can I trust in the Lord when my daughter steps on an exposed heroin needle? My daughter was eight years old and she put her foot under a caterer's door at a, a building we were renting in, as we were planting our church and she steps on an exposed heroin needle. There were six of them shoved underneath that door. In the midst of your parents getting a divorce, can you trust in the Lord? In the midst of your, your sister and brother running away, can you trust in the Lord? In the midst of you falling away from God, can you trust in the Lord and come back? In the midst of a, 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 a relationship that you thought was a friendship, but the person turned their back on you and said things about you behind your back that you never thought that, can you trust in the Lord? Can you find yourself in a spot where you are secure enough no matter what comes your way to trust in Him. And my answer to you according to Scripture and according to God's Word is yes. Tonight you can trust in Him no matter what. But unless I trust in Him for salvation, I will never trust Him in my steps. And so God brings me to this place of making a decision tonight to say, as a middle schooler, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. As a middle schooler, I believe that I am a sinner and separated from God. As a middle schooler, I know that there is a real heaven and there's a real hell. And unless I trust in Jesus, I will perish. Unless I trust in Jesus, I will not experience the forgiveness of God. I just want you to know that your life could be radically changed this weekend if you trust in him. That was her life. Her name was Charlene McGee. She wrote me a letter. Now, I normally don't get letters as I was youth pastoring. This is uh, probably the only, the second letter I've ever received out of doing high school ministry for 17 years. And Charlene wrote me this letter. She said, I'm a junior at Serrano High School. Not that that has any relevance. She writes these words. I've been living in numbness my whole life, she writes. Since I was born, drugs, rape, and violence and abuse have taken me over. I live seeking for acceptance and yet afraid to let people know who I am. I'm afraid to let people know who I am. Despite your sense of humor, she said this night, tonight, on September 12th, I was led to Jesus Christ. She writes, you probably get hundreds of notes thanking you, but for once, listen to what she says. I can feel again. After I was used by someone very close to me, I was never able to trust anyone or feel clean inside. I was always called, and I quote, God's mistake. My parents are not Christians, so naturally I never believed in God, and I find it and found it difficult to believe anyone could accept me for me. So I wear a mask, she says. The shy, goofy girl who's too organized and gives too much. I have very few friends, and I hate myself. I'd never been to church before in my life besides at a friend's Christmas play. So I don't see why I went to that concert that night. I don't and didn't know who they were, and I didn't prefer the music. I had a huge test to study for, which I blew off. A friend of mine called me and said he did not want to go alone, so 
he came by and picked me up. And she said, my life was changed. Or should I say, she says, my eternity was changed. Since Jesus has come into my life, she writes, I have been able to feel I don't have that 10 ton of guilt and self-hatred or anger anymore. Oddly enough, she says, my surroundings continue to get worse though, but it doesn't bother me as it normally would. Listen to what she wrote. I actually fell asleep and did not see the nightmares that I always do. It's amazing, she said. That night, Sunday night on the 12th, I went up to the front of the church and she says, I gave it all to Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight that you at the beginning of this camp would give it all to Jesus. That you could trust in him to forgive you of your sin. That you could trust in him to cleanse you and wash you and make you new. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And what I want to call you to tonight is that trust. It's a trust of you putting in Jesus the weight that you've been placing in every other relationship that's breaking your heart right now. Aren't you tired of wearing the mask? Aren't you tired of feeling that ton, ton of guilt upon your own life, of your own sin, that only Jesus can take away? For God so loved the world that whoever will believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Tonight, you can only trust in the Lord if you first experience the love of the Lord. Father, I just ask and pray for every person sitting in this place. Lord, I want to ask and pray right now that you would save, that your spirit would draw. I want to pray for revival. I want to pray for repentance. I want to pray that your spirit would, would come in such a way and hush the crowd. In such a way that your spirit would bring conviction and lead us to Jesus. Lead us to his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. I want every middle schooler in this place to know beyond a shadow of a doubt in the deepest part of their heart and mind that they are loved by you. And so, God, I pray that you would draw them to yourself. A lot like Charlene, I'm going to ask you, if that's you tonight, to come up and stand right at just this front of this stage and face me. It's a stand as the worship band sings of you saying tonight, as we begin this camp, I'm going to begin this camp by making a decision to trust in the Lord. I'm going to make a decision to say yes, where I've been saying no. I'm going to make a decision to surrender where I have been rebelling. And what you're going to see in the heart of God is his forgiveness for you and his upholding power. I remember when I came to the Lord when I was 14 years old and God took the weight of my sin off of my back and he made me new. Something Charlene wrote me in 2004 has stuck with me. For years, she says, I could never feel clean. And I want you to know that the Bible says that Jesus makes us clean. And he will change your life forever. So as the worship band begins to play, I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes and raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you to be bold enough to, 
stand up and come here and just face me. And I'm going to just lead you in a declaration of faith towards Jesus of saying tonight yes to him. Who will be the first one? Courage is contagious. Come on. Come. Just stand here and face me. God bless you. God bless you. The Lord loves you. Just come. Just come. Where you're at, you just come. Just come. Where there's conviction, you come. As you've come uh, tonight, as you uh, have come tonight, there's uh, maybe you're uh, one of the high school kids that you're serving, and you're like, if I go down there, um, people are going to think that uh, I'm off. Maybe you are off, and you just need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest with God. Uh, the Bible says that judgment begins at the house of God. You've been coming to church for a while. You've been going to your youth group for a long time. No one knows the real you because you continue to wear a mask at church. And what I just want to tell you is God's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to turn from that, and he's calling you to trust in Jesus. The greatness of Jesus is never worth the satisfaction that, that you think sin is ever going to bring you. It's only going to be found in Jesus. So if that's you, is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Anyone else? That God's working in your heart, he's working in your life. Is there anyone else? Bless you, man. Thank you for coming forward. Man. Proud of you. Where you're standing tonight, this is a night of decision, all right? This is a night where we draw the line. This is a, a night where you say, yes, I surrender, all right? This is your, your night of declaring. This is the, the night of many nights of you surrendering. This is the beginning of a journey of you following in the way of Jesus, in the word of Jesus, all right? Where you're standing, just, just declare. Say it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, tonight I know I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. But tonight I trust in the Lord. That he died on the cross for my sin. That he rose again on the third day. Fill me with your spirit. Make me your child. Forgive me of my sin. And I ask that you would do this work. 
from the inside out. And I ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, as you're up front here, I don't know if we could be letting another song as you're singing and what God might put on your heart, but, but I, I just want to pray a prayer um, as we plant seeds and your youth pastors plant seeds there. There are leaders all around you that love you. There are leaders all around you that care for you. There are leaders around you in your room right now that, that are going to want to hear about this decision. The, the temptation and the danger for you is that you, you keep it to yourself. You need to go tell your leader what you've done tonight and tell them why you did it. That might be hard for some of you because you're going you're gonna to get rid of some dirty laundry. You're going to lay it all out at the table. And what they're going to give you tonight is the love of God because they've trusted in God themselves. So Father, I pray for every student in this place. God, we pray over them. Lord, we pray that you'd raise them up to be pastors and preachers, missionaries, in the marketplace, in different countries, in their neighborhoods, in their schools. God, I pray that the people, as they've taken a stand tonight, would be filled with the boldness and courage that only the Holy Spirit can bring. Lord, you are calling some of them to give up things that are bringing them comfort and peace. You're calling them to let go and turn. Lord, for some of them, you're bringing them to a place of healing. Lord, for some of them, there's been a emotional a trauma in their heart and in their life that they've never spoken a word to anybody about. But Lord, tonight I just pray that they'd be able to, to release that from their heart. I pray that you would mend relationships between brothers and sisters. I pray that you would restore relationships between them and their parents. I pray for teenagers in here tonight that have lost someone that they've loved. I pray that you would uphold them by your power. I pray, Lord, that in this place, Lord, you would revive our hearts according to your word. So, God, we just look to you. We sing to you. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you want to stay up here and worship, you can. If you want to worship in your seat, you can. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to wait for you. If you have something you want to talk about, I'll wait for you up front. I'd love to talk to you, but let's sing a song together as we're led in worship.